0: <laughs> hey, welcome to the Extra Podcast. That uh, little snap at the beginning was Paul Siemens chewing on some gum. You know it, Paul. It's good to have you back on the on the hey, show. It's great to be here, Daniel. Thank you. You are uh, you're a friend of the show, and uh, we would like having you. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm a friend. Yeah, and it's good to have you back. We've been trying to line this up and get you on here for the last little while. Mm-hmm. And you've been unavailable. You're a
1: very busy man. Yeah, well, ministry's busy. It's true story. What do you do around here, Paul? Uh, well, I'm a care pastor here at Northview, so I meet with a number of people to talk about stuff that comes up in their lives. So you get I get uh, single guys coming in talking about relationships that they're having issues with, or um, we get people coming in to our uh, ministry who have identity issues or struggling with depression or marriage issues or parenting issues or there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that people come in to talk about and sometimes it's sometimes really good stuff too sometimes it's a guy going hey I want to know how uh, like there's a girl I like how should I approach her how should I they're wondering how to um, move forward in a relationship in a godly way so yeah so it's good. It's a great, it's a great job. Good ministry. I love being a part of it. And you do some preaching on the side too. I do. And I preached uh, two weeks ago in mission. In mission. Yeah, you bet.
0: Also joined, well, not in the recording studio. We actually got booted out of there. Uh, Johnny Markin, a.k.a. the sheriff, um, is doing some recording. And so we're up in a, the unsupervised
1: nursery. There's, S- some, there's some weird stuff in here, Dan. So, yeah. Super, un- so who are you, by the way? So, uh, this my name is Luke. This is Luke hey, Friesen. Luke. Luke hey Friesen's
0: our high school
2: pastor
1: here. Luke so, Friesen, yeah, he's my best friend. Hey guys,
2: I'm Dan's best friend, Luke, high school pastor. He's also high school pastor.
1: So glad you're here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be, be in here. in the unsupervised nursery. Yeah, this is actually where I actually come here lots, guys. If you didn't know that, um, that's
2: why. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's a great place to take naps, <laughs> <laughs> like, and or uh, or read silently, and no one bothers you here. Oh, yeah, so true. that's real nice. All right. Guys, uh, there's been some
0: devastating stuff happening in the news lately. Mm, um, it's a
2: real tragic.
0: Outrage is spreading across Vancouver Island and online after a pig that was adopted from the BC SPCA
2: was <laughs> killed and eaten by the people who adopted her. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not It's not funny. It's a serious thing.
0: And uh, I'm sure everyone has read the article. I'm sure everyone knows uh, about Molly. A
1: um, So this a f- was... This story, actually, I'm looking at the Vancouver Sun right now, was updated today Oh, uh, with the headline, SPCA criticized, owner threatened after slaughter of adopted pig on Vancouver Island. The owner is threatened. Mm-hmm. Can I buy uh, I haven't can I read further, so I'm not exactly sure what kind of threat. But, but, like, if I just bought a pig and butchered it, would I get flack for that? I don't uh, know. No. But why are they
2: getting flack for... I think, cause it was supposed to be a pet.
1: Well, this is <laughs> What is
2: <that>? okay. <laughs> so this is worthy
1: of, yeah. So this is worthy of a good conversation, though, because uh, are are our pets intrinsically worth more than animals that are raised for consumption? Mm. So we've got, we've all got cute little dogs and cats and pet parakeets and. All, all, all sorts of little animals that we consider our pets and we love them and we care for them and we pet them and all this stuff and they're great uh, we've got a dog he's a lot of fun um, he's, he's a cute little he's, he's, he's called a silky terrier that sounds and nice he is kind of like a, a big Yorkie if you oh. know, guys know what a Yorkie looks like. This yeah, he's, a little fluffy. He's like a 15-pound Yorkie, mm. basically. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And yeah. he's great. He just likes to lay around. Uh, he's a good lap dog. He just hangs out, and he likes to bark at things. So he's, he's good in a guard kind of way at barking. But anyway, it's great. So Everybody loves their pets. So, mm. But are our pets actually more valuable? Are their lives more valuable than the animals that get killed? killed for food consumption? What do you think?
2: You know, that's a tough question. People put value onto dogs and cats and stuff, but I I don't think so, no. Why are you talking like that? Because I really don't care. You don't care at all? No. Like, if you own an animal, that's great. But as the SPCA says, and the rules in Canada is, once that animal belongs to you. You have every right to do whatever you want with it as long as it's not abuse. So you can kill that dog. Right, whenever you want, just as long as it's not suffering. Right. Right. So I mean like you can give value to animals, I guess, but I mean no. I I I, I don't think so. Yeah. I think so, as
0: Christians we're supposed to value life in general and and animals' yeah. lives and care for yeah. you know the uh the world. Yeah. But okay. I don't know if um, like, so we shouldn't be causing these animals to suffer. No, no of course that's not. That's exactly where I am. But yeah, I don't know. In the case of a pig, it just doesn't seem like an animal you'd have for a pet. That's why I find this funny. Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: people do have pot bellied pigs. Like, they're, they're, they're smaller. They're so cute. They're, they are. They're a smaller pig. And there's miniature pigs, too. Um, and uh, I knew people, I mean, you know, about, I don't know, my, my wife Carla had a coworker actually who had a couple of pet pigs who actually lived in the house with them instead of dogs. And they're cute. I can't remember what their names were or anything, but... Porky yeah, Porky
2: and Babe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Or, or, they weren't. Oh, yeah.
0: Or Molly. The Molly, name of this yes. uh, pig who saw a tragic end.
2: Or, or the one story of that one pig called Chris P. Bacon. <laughs> Did you hear that? No. Like Chris, C-H-R-I-S, and then P. Dot bacon. There was this pig that had no back legs, and so they put wheels on it. And the news anchor was telling a story about Chris P. bacon, and he couldn't contain himself because he was just laughing so hard. <laughs> so, this uh, actually the, happened. Yeah. yeah. Crispy news bacon, anchor just, yeah, came. he couldn't control it because his news was a pig. Oh Do you goodness. guys
0: find it really That's strange funny. how people will lose their minds over an animal being killed? But oftentimes, when, you know, like to get really, I guess, serious with this, you know, we see kids who are suffering. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like the, in Africa, mm-hmm. or yeah. even kids who are aborted. Mm-hmm. But everyone's silent on it. Mm-hmm. I find that fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the reason I find this so funny is the is the outrage and the irony and the fact that we almost value this
1: pig more than we do other human beings. Yeah. Right. And that's I think what when we look at when we look at this, and this this story just seems so absurd to us who view and who have the biblical worldview that humanity was made in God's image, and we were Made by made by God on the sixth day, we're the ones um, that He's put His image on. That He has given His uh, gifts to, such as uh, the ability of language and create music and uh, communication with each other, and the ability to be creative and have thought. and He's given us so many gifts, and so humanity is intrinsically more valuable mm-hmm. than the other creatures of creation. Now that doesn't mean that we have the right to abuse them, but we're supposed to steward them. Well, we're supposed to care for them. And, but we are given animals as a source of food as well. I mean, that, that is clear after actually after the flood, when God creates a covenant with Noah at the time, he says that animals are available for consumption. And, uh, and so, yeah, here we are, you know, um, in 2018, and people in our society, though, are, instead of valuing the human life, instead of valuing the lives of the elderly even, now we're, we're talking about, um, or the sick, we're talking about people getting medical assistance and dying, we're talking about, mm. uh, like Daniel brought up, abortions, we're talking about the pre-born um, you have people that abort babies because the babies are are um, diagnosed with Down syndrome before they're born, so they'll abort them. Iceland, I think. I don't. Did you guys talk about this on the podcast? Oh, We a while talked ago? about it.
0: Yeah, a while ago. They have how,
1: how Iceland ahead. was was proclaiming. Look, we don't have Down syndrome in our country anymore, and that's like, well, that's because you killed them all before they're born. Mm-hmm. It's not something to be celebrated. Mm, yeah. Life is human. Life is being destroyed on a regular <sighs> basis, uh, and. God's image bearers are being destroyed. So, um, and yet in our society, here we are freaking out about one pig. Something's a little backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, some of the stuff, uh, quick plug for Andy's sake. Andy (laughs) Steiger, you know him, uh, bald, Apologetics Canada. He preached this last weekend. Um, They have the the Apologetics Canada conference coming up this week. So to our listeners who have tickets, they're going to be talking about a lot of the issues about uh, what is the value of human life, Yeah that's and, good. and whatnot? So that's going to be actually interesting. But um, I mean, just it's just it's humorous to think in the back of our minds. Yeah, you know, we'll have the pig story in the back of it as you think about this. But what's interesting, which mm. Andy will often point out, is uh, when they go and, and mass genocides happen, they begin to view. They they will call the other, the people they're killing animals. You know, mm. the Jews were rats, and they dehumanize them in that way. Mm. Yeah.
2: Maybe if we called people pigs, they wouldn't want to kill other people then. Well, I know it's it seems just like animals gain more value than humans now. Yeah, I know. So something's backwards. You're right, Paul.
0: And yeah. uh, I think as responsibility, well, for and it's
1: and it's uh, irrational, yeah. right? Like the the thought, like you just said, right? So you think about all the sex abuse claims that have been coming out recently about mm-hmm. um, people in Hollywood and celebrities and uh, lately, the latest one, the lead singer of Headley, the Canadian. Yeah, band, right. right. You I was for guy. Uh, yeah. I, was for I guy. He is. Yeah. yeah. Um, went to Mei, hmm. and so then you'll see thing on things online, like men are pigs. Right. And it's like, well, okay, wait a sec. Like now, so now we're, we're degrading them and yet you're wanting to elevate yeah. the life of a pig, but you're, so is it a compliment? But is that, yeah. It's yeah. So there's an irrationality of thought in, in, even in just the language that gets used sometimes. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, if you're coming to the conference, this should be an interesting uh, time. Uh, speaking that's of, uh, I guess well, not a rationality, but we we had we talked about Sodom and Gomorrah this weekend, which oh, typically yeah. the city of Sodom is associated with a culture that's gone awry and gone out of control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, this this passage is they look to it. And if you're not a Christian, it's still notorious non-Christians, that this God of the Bible is a God who would destroy an entire city mm. and seemingly innocent people in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we preached about this this weekend. I, I had one of the sermons. I did the Sunday oh, night one. Yeah. Thanks. And Andy was in the main service and they had Andrew Gulovich in mission. And uh, we all preached about that. And uh, guys, why do you think it is that um, people have such a hard issue with God destroying a city?
1: Well, if you, um, so why don't you, Daniel, why don't you give us like a quick summary of how you guys, how you and Andy both approach this? Sure.
0: So I, I divided mine up, uh, kind of like a movie with Mm -hmm. three scenes. And so I tried to kind of tell the story of, um, Abe having at first, he has a bunch of visitors, three visitors who stop by his house, two of them, angels and one of them, God, and the angels leave, uh, -hmm. to go towards Sodom. And then Abraham's found, he's, Oh wait, I'm speaking with God right now. And they begin to have a philosophical discussion where God's saying, uh, "You know, I'm gonna have sent my emissaries there. We're gonna go see if Sodom should be destroyed and judged." And um, quickly Abraham begins to question God, uh, which is important to to think about because he's questioning God's character is what he's really doing. Mm, He he says something to the extent of, "Will the will not the judge of the earth do what is right? Are you really gonna kill?" The the righteous with the
1: unrighteous? Yeah, right. The language in there is like, far be it from you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, really, God, like, maybe you should listen to me, Abraham, because I think I have a better way of going about this. Mm-hmm. And so he begins to whittle down and say, what if there's 50 righteous people? And God says, I won't destroy it. What if there's 40? Five. I uh, won't destroy it. What if there's 40, 30, 20, 10? And he whittles it down to the point where... Um, you, you begin to wonder why is Abe sticking at this number ten, mm. and that's roughly the, the number of uh, his family. His nephew Lot lives in Sodom, mm-hmm. and so he's trying to spare his his nephew and get them out of there. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, they end this discussion, and Abe's kind of waiting for an answer from God to see whether the, the it would be destroyed. That was the end of that scene, and then I went and told the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, where the angels show up, mm-hmm. things go. Pretty sideways, pretty quickly. Yeah, and they tell the family, "Hey, Lot, get out of here." And his uh, the, his son in laws, future son in laws, don't want to leave. They think it's a joke, and mm. literally, the angels have to drag uh, Lot and his daughters out of there. Mm. Yeah, they're so gripped by the culture, they don't really want to leave, and they end up, right, you know, being mm-hmm. pulled away mm-hmm. uh, and and rescued and saved. And Lot's wife turns back and goes to the city, and they are all wiped out by the fire that comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is super interesting because that uh um the the area had lots of sulfur in the ground mm-hmm. and it also had a lot of uh you know, they kind of like oil sands and whatnot. yeah, and so as fire fell from the sky mm-hmm. in this glorious display of power, the the ground uh, also lit on fire, right The ground ignited. so that's uh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. you know those those people. They got it. <laughs> they oh, were no they Chris, Chris P. Bacon. Oh, gosh. If you know what I'm saying, Luke. But oh, uh, No, so they, they get judged. And then so I ended mm-hmm. with that scene. And then I went to the I said, there's the third scene where you have Abraham and he he comes the next day and he's staring at the burnt city. And then that's kind of his answer is there were no righteous people there. Mm. And God only by His mercy brings Lot out of there, who which enters into discussion about you know because is Lot righteous? Peter goes into talking about that and says he is, and ultimately Lot was a man of faith, Mm. but uh, in this moment we see just a really poor performance and a a poor um, execution of his faith. Mm. He's just kind of not doing so well. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the city is completely destroyed, and rightfully so because they are in full rebellion against God, Mm -hmm. which you know. So we always ask the question. Um, why do you know bad things happen to good people? Because we're okay with bad things happening to bad people. Yeah, right. Larry Nassar, the the guy who just was molesting what for the last twenty years over one hundred fifty girls in gymnastics. Uh Gymnastics. Everyone's okay with him. Yeah, everyone's okay with him getting you know one hundred seventy five years in prison. Right. That's we're we're totally he deserves that. Mm -hmm. Um, but we would never want to be on the other side of that. The ones getting that judgment. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. we we think that we're not sinful. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas where God looks at us and he says, actually, you know, you guys are in rebellion against me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so you think you're righteous, but you're not. So right. then I talked about that and how the city gets destroyed, uh, rightfully so. But then I compared it to the scene where you have uh, Jonah looking down on Nineveh. Hmm. But that city repents. Yes, right. And I, I contrasted the two and said, you know, you see God's justice <clears throat> in... Uh, in Sodom, but you also see God's mercy in Nineveh and that both the God's justice and, and God's mercy are on full display on the cross. And so mm. I, that's where I ended mm-hmm. the yep. third scene. But, uh, that's, I mean, mm. that was the story. There you go. That was the whole outline. Paul, what do you think of, uh,
1: that <laughs> or is oh, that? That's fantastic. That okay. I, I, I really liked the way, uh, like I didn't sit in on your sermon, mm-hmm. um, but your outline, I mean, it sounds very similar to what Andy did. Yeah, Andy. Andy little... and didn't bring in Jonah at the end, and, and didn't didn't talk about you know God's justice and mercy both being shown on the cross because Jesus took the suffering, or he suffered in our place. He was shamed in our place, and he took God's wrath for our sin in our place. Mm-hmm. It was our sin that held him there, right, yeah. upon the cross, um, as we sing uh, in which song? Behold, uh, how the, how deep, deep the Father's, the Father's love. love for us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when you when you think about that and you think about the the m- magnitude of what Christ went through for us. I mean, that's powerful. So, yeah, great job bringing that in. Yeah. In that sermon.
0: Luke, when you think about the story, I mean, you work with lots of high school guys. Yes. Um, I mean and and you went to CBC Bible school, you know. What how the do The Columbia peers, Bible College. The Columbia Holmes Bible Bearcats. College. Um you know, was that? How is this kind of topic received there and and how do your high school kids receive this? Do they, um, do they think, yeah, this is true or they kind of just not read it or what do you think?
2: I think there's actually a very low Bible, uh, literacy, literacy. Yeah. hundred percent in high school kids. Um, they don't know actually a lot of Bible stories. I remember last year we were going through, we were going to be like, okay, uh, we're going through Joshua and we're going to talk about Caleb now. And then our other kids are like, we don't know who Caleb is. And like oh, you know, wow, Caleb yeah. and Joshua you know, the two spies that came back, like, no, no idea. I'm like, wow. Mm. Okay. So then instead of talking actually about like what Caleb did, we had to talk about all the backstory and everything like that. So, sure. I mean, even a hero like that, they didn't know who he was. Um, but, and so something like this, they would just view, I don't know, I, I would say kids more are, are Mar- Marcians almost. Where like, that's
1: the Old Testament. You had to explain what a Marcionite is. mercy yeah. is
2: that the Old Testament God is not the same as the New Testament God. Mm. And so yep. I think that's a lot of the baggage that high school kids come in with because they get branded for believing in a God that would kill innocent people. Yeah. Um right. And so they come in and they're like, no, that I don't, I, I really like this New Testament God. And so it's not that they don't believe the Old Testament God, they just sort of leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And so they just talk about Jesus and how he's bringing peace and love and life. Mm, and yep. so I don't think they really re- act or wrestle with these things. So right. to answer you, I don't think they do right. even think about it. I think a lot of people are
0: like that, right? Because yeah. um, I think that is, whether we like it or not, I think that's kind of the Jesus that a lot of us tend to have in the sense that it's, um, it's a buffet, and we're going to pick and yeah. choose what we want from the buffet, and more right. often than not, we're going to pick, um, you know, the the nicer things about Christ, and and not, you know, try to focus on this judgmental God and this this God um, who would who would provide judgment upon these people. Uh, we like the Jesus who saves them from that judgment, right. but both have to exist at the same time, and yeah. ultimately Jesus will come as that judge. Yeah. But even that mm-hmm. is not talked about a, a whole time. W- why do you think we? minimize those? Is it because we don't want to, we don't want to spend the time
1: studying it to understand it? Or do we, are we, are we lazy, Paul? Why do we minimize the fact that Jesus is the judge as well as the savior? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's because yeah, in our, in our Bob and Larry growing up years, (laughs) um, and, and don't like I've, I've, the Veggie Tales. Crack me up, right? There, it's funny, legitimately, but when you get to the end, it says, "God made you special and loves you very much." In a way, that's true, but in a way, it's very incomplete, right? Yeah, because yes, God made you, but you are a sinful human being, just like everybody else. Mm. And you, are you special? Yeah, you're you're unique. God knit you together in your mother's womb. Amen. No question that that is true, but. Um, God without Christ, God's wrath is actually upon you. Uh, we're, uh, we're condemned already, right? I think it's, it's Romans or Paul writes that where that we're those who are, uh, those who are outside of, of the faith, outside of Christ who haven't had Christ, uh, indwell their hearts so through the Holy spirit. Um, we are. Um, yeah, we're already condemned. We are standing under God's wrath, mm-hmm. and that's <clears throat> that's a terrifying thing to think about. But really, if the the fact of being even telling the gospel so, telling the gospel to somebody, hey, did you know Jesus died for your sins? Well, why does that matter, right? It only matters if there's actually going to be judgment for that sin, right? But yeah, you're right. People don't want to talk about about that for some reason. I guess that's just because the uncomfortableness of it or, or um, the possible offense. I think people are, uh, Christians in particular, are scared to offend others. Um, and that's good. We don't want to offend them with who we are or the way we act or the words that we say. But the truth is that the gospel itself, when preached correctly, is offensive to our sensibilities. Yeah.
0: And just because it's offensive, it doesn't cease to become the truth and, and be right. the truth. Mm-hmm. It's still the truth, whether or not it's offensive mm-hmm. to you or not.
1: Yeah. Now, we have to temper that, though, by speaking the truth in love, Paul writes in Ephesians 4. Uh, even if you have a brother who's sinning and you know he's sinning and you want to correct him, we're supposed to restore that person gently, it's, uh, Paul tells us in Galatians 6. Mm. So, yes, we need to express love and compassion and care for people when we talk with them about uh, their sinfulness and about the gospel. Um, but it does have to be truth and not just partial truth. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: So, It's interesting. So uh, again, this story with Sodom and Gomorrah, um, one of the things that I pointed out was uh, one of the reasons that it was so difficult for Lot to leave the city was he began, he began to look kind of like a sodomite. In in the sense that before, Mm. when we last saw Lot, uh, Abraham's nephew, Abraham went one way and Lot went the other. And he said, I'm going to go put my tent near Sodom. And then we enter the story and and he's living in the center of the city. Like his house, his door is just off the gate of the city, which is the city center. Mm. So he's right in the middle of it. Mm. so. And I think this is what happens to us as Christians sometimes is, you know, we live in this culture, and sometimes these things begin to kind of blend into our lives. And I thought about two of them. One of them mm-hmm. is individualism. We don't want to be told what to yeah. do. We want to we want to determine God how God should be. We want to determine the rules by which we should live in the in the best way. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I said was consumerism. What, what Lot does not want to leave all his stuff? He's he's attained it. And I think a lot of us, right. if we were told. Um, you know, do you want only God's word or do you want a house on the beach with, you know, the white sand and, and all that? You kind of think, well, the second one sounds really nice. Mm-hmm. Can I have both somehow? Can I like right. mix them together and yeah. and blend them? Mm-hmm. And I was saying that how this kind of bleeds into even us as Christians and how we have to be disciplined, uh, in trying to balance that and even choose God over the consumer things when we uh, are faced with it. That's Mm -hmm. not to say buying things is bad, but is that becoming your ultimate thing? And for lot, that's one of the reasons it was hard for him to leave. Mm -hmm. And so the angels drag him out of there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's only by God's mercy that he is saved from that city. And it's only by God's mercy and grace that we're saved from our sin.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm. Preach it, Paul. Well, it's
0: only by God's mercy too that, uh, like Abraham got all that stuff too. Or cause yeah. I think, and also lot by extension, because he was, lot was with Abraham in, in Egypt, correct? hmm And so that they accumulated all the things from Pharaoh. And so he, but that was all done even with, cause when Abe was there, he was not the hero in that situation yet. God has been blessing him with all this, all of these goods for when he leaves mm. and he is, um, he's made great. He has all this, um, all these livestock and whatnot. Yeah. So, Okay, well, that's enough of Sodom and Gomorrah unless you have any th- extra thoughts there, Luke. I don't
2: have any extra
0: Ex- thoughts.
2: Oh, man. On, uh, extra.
1: Oh, uh, The extra pun came extra.
0: out. It did. Well, I, Good job. Thanks. That's great. Uh, one final topic I want to kind of bring up here, we have a little bit of time, is uh, there seems to be certain things that we, we say at church, certain language that we use, uh-huh. and certain language that we don't. And, uh, this last past weekend, for example, Andy, uh, he talked about how the, the sodomites wanted to rape, uh, the two angels that came to visit Lot. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you made a comment. You said, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that word would not be uttered, uh, in a church. But
1: right now yeah. so I remember as a, I remember as a kid, I grew up here in Abbotsford, South Abbotsford church, um, was a, my, my parents are still members over at South Abbey and, um, growing up, though, in church, uh, I can't remember how old I was when I first heard the term rape. But I remember hearing it and I remember kind of questioning. I, I was probably, I want to say, 10-ish around that age. And just kind of, it was, it, the the uh, what rape is was so... Um, grotesque and such a abuse of humanity and so awful that it's like, it's that of which we shall not speak kind of thing. Uh, and so language like that, um, whereas around 30 years ago, yeah. So 30 years ago I would have been 11 language about like, language like that wouldn't have been used that much mm-hmm. uh, or especially in a, in a sermon in a, in a church where there was families and, like, so this weekend we had, we had a baptism service Saturday night. And so their families there and everything. Um, but yet Andy preached it and he said the, he said the word rape and there's been no, there's been no backlash or anything. And, but I think that word has become very common in our culture. Whereas 30 years ago it wasn't near as common. And now I, so, so there's positives and negatives to that, right? When we look at how language changes mm-hmm. Uh, we, we look at how the sexual revolution that started back in the 60s cha- has changed our culture and how the talking about sex, which used to be an absolutely taboo thing. I mean, I know people my age who their parents never told them about it. Uh, or other, other parents who they grew up on a farm. They're like, well, I'm not going to talk about it, but they're going to see it happen in the, in the barns. They're going to yeah. see the livestock taking part in that. So they'll figure it out. And and that was about the length of how how much people would want to talk about it. But nowadays, I mean, we are we're faced with a culture where the average age that a young boy comes across pornography for the first time is like ten or eleven. Yeah. So we as Christians and as parents and as the church need to be up on the language, and we need to not be as. Uh, guarded about the language that we're using with our kids when we're talking about this stuff, because we have to show them that, okay, listen, something like sex, God made sex and it's a good thing. It's a gift to his people to be used within the context of one man and one woman in marriage and to teach our kids that is very important and to teach them the proprieties around that and that abuse of that is an awful thing and how God in his word shows us that uh, it shows us that things like uh, sex outside of marriage um, or uh, homosexuality, or I mean, uh, you you name all of the sexual sins that you can come across. The word Mm -hmm. pornea is used in the Greek, which means, I mean, just unlawful sexual contact. So we need to be able to explain what all these things are to our kids and, uh, and to have that language available um, as a part of our vocabulary as we teach them. So yeah. I think it's, uh, I think in some ways how the language, we never used to talk about it. In some ways it was, it was nice because. Uh, it sheltered it, people. It, yeah. It, yeah. And it was, there was just a, a, just a sense of more, I mean, I guess decency. Right. Uh, within our language and with within the, even the types of shows that would be on TV or the music you'd listen to wouldn't talk about this stuff near as graphically as it does. But also, as the culture has done that, it's made us as Christians and as adult Christian adults now with our kids, uh, it's just made us to kind of drop the barriers and get real with them.
0: Luke, you find this uh, in high school as well, high school ministry? Because, I mean, these kids come up, they probably come up to you and they've heard words that you probably don't even know. Um, existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get that. So is it, um, do do you find it helpful to be really pointed with your language?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think think it's helpful to be pointed with my language and to know what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah. To be specific with what I'm saying. Not to beat around the bush, not to say like, uh, I, I know Jeff uses the illustration of a couple of years ago, we used it as an illustration of cancer and it growing just like lo- like sin, not saying any specific sin. And I found in the high school, it, it's good to say specific sin because a lot of kids actually don't know that it's sin, mm. right? Um, but I think if you're talking in regards to to something that we don't really talk about in uh, youth group, uh, it's something we do. We're we're trying to talk about it. it it's social media and mm. it just how it's wrecking people. Mm. Um, and it's hard because kids are learning from their parents how to use social media, but parents are discovering it all for the first time too. Cause it's like they're, they're getting social media for the first time and sure. they don't know how to regulate their kids on it. And then mm. you see the kids just go nuts on it. Or can you uh,
1: explain like when you said social media is wrecking people? Yeah. Like, are you talking, are you sticking in this topic of, of language and like kind of some sexuality stuff that we're talking about, or are you talking about just in general?
2: In everything, like especially sexuality with. Well, that's going to, yeah, and that's going to be channeled right to their phone that they're looking at. Uh So I think, I think with social media is like the overarching and then through it is sexuality, depression, anxiety, uh, loneliness, like all these things that teenagers struggle with is on the overarching is social media of them feeling like they need to be a part of something. And through social media, there's like pornography through, Mm. uh, you can do it like Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Twitter, uh, Reddit. Mm. um, All these different things is like all these different sites and parents just don't know. And kids are just trying to figure that out for themselves. Mm. And it's just, it becomes ridiculously hard for parents to keep any sort of track on, Kids and they're at this stage in their life where they're trying to develop, and I don't know. It's it's what we're trying to handle. Or and Ron, the the pastor of youth and young adults and middle school, uh, he's doing parent seminars, which are really good mm-hmm. for this. He just did last one on social media and sexuality. Yeah, and so a great parent seminar for just a little bit of insider information of what it's like that kids struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm. What are the next ones coming up? And Uh, when are they? We are actually doing an over-18 one. Um, And I think the date is in March. Uh, I can't remember when. But this one is actually a porn documentary um, about this young boy. I think his name is Dylan, who started watching porn at, I think, age nine. And became a porn porn addict. Like, he would literally watch it, like, and a foot away from him would be his mom. Wow. And he'd be watching porn on a tablet. Hmm. And he'd be talking to his mom while watching porn at age 10. Wow. And this is a documentary documentary. Yeah. What's it called? Over 18. Mm. It's a, I watched it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it for uh, high schoolers or middle schoolers, but I'd sure recommend it for adults to watch, especially with young kids. Mm. Um, How easy it is for kids just to pick up something and just bloop, bloop. And they're on the internet and whatever. Yeah. And so the parents had no idea for three years this was going on. No idea until wow. one day the mom just picked up the iPad, looked at search history, and wow. boom, it was all there. So, I mean, I'd say that's one of the biggest things that, like, we don't talk about because we just don't know how. And so social media, I think, is uh, – there's because no, no one really tells teenagers how to use social media. I learned for myself how to use it, and mm-hmm. I think I did not handle it well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it can be very dangerous for kids and – young adults and even even adults because yeah it yeah i think it's a taboo subject still yeah yeah and
1: that has and that has added to this whole thing that we were talking about of how our language has had to change and the way mm-hmm. that we disciple people the way that we yeah. so when we think of our kids so myself i have two high schoolers and uh, one middle schooler and one elementary uh and all of this has changed how we need to parent and and we need to be adapting all the time in, in terms of how do we protect our kids from the stuff that's out there but also allow them to use this to a right. le- to a level that so that they are not co- totally out of step with what's going on in our so that when they society. do
2: graduate they're like well what's all this oh, i'm going to go full like bar with all this and just like have no idea how to
1: right yeah yeah, we, they have to have the tools. How do they navigate right, through this exactly. stuff in this world? Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Cool. It's well, tough. guys,
0: I think we're uh, out of time, but I appreciate you coming down to uh, record this, and hopefully this is helpful uh, to our yeah. listeners and uh, and
1: whatnot. Yeah, and one thing, just quickly before we wrap up, just that whole, uh, as we talk about this sexuality stuff and the gender stuff and the parenting stuff, if you have questions mm, about yeah. that kind of stuff, um... Or even the, the whole, we talked, or we, we mentioned it briefly there, was the, the whole, all the sexual abuse stuff. There was a blog we put out this last week on Northview's website um, about a case in the U.S., that whole uh, Larry Nasser case, actually. Right, yeah. Um, and if you have questions or concerns or anything like that, feel free to email. You can email me um, through the care department, care at northview.org. Uh, or high school stuff, is there a high school email? rfriesen at (laughs) northview.org there there you go and uh yeah so but but don't you don't have to sit on it you don't have to um uh you don't have to dwell on it alone there's pastors here and uh we are happy to talk about it with you
0: yeah and we'd be happy to talk about it on the podcast and if you want to ask a question to the podcast email extra at northview.org and uh we will try and get to that Thank you, gentlemen, for your time, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Dan. See you. No, thank you, Luke. No, thank no, Dan. Thank no, you for hosting. thank you. Uh, thanks, Brian, for doing this. Thanks, Brian, and thank you, Paul, yes. and thanks for listening.